Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Amidst all the pain and suffering that litters our society, how do we maintain any positivity? As we're trying to be a light to the rest of the world, how do we keep disaster from bringing us down? Today, Pastor J.D. reminds you to find hope in the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. Never lose your resolve for the gospel. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 15, 2023. I want my people to know every time they come to the tabernacle that I want to bless them. I want to make my face shine upon them. I want to be gracious to them. I want to lift up my countenance upon them. You know what that means? I want to smile upon them. He's a smiling God. You know, we bring a smile to the face of God. Do you ever see it like that? It's, it's a sad day in a Christian's life when we have this picture of our loving Heavenly Father as this God who created the heavens and the earth, emphasis added, and the sea and all that in them is. No, oh, He's my daddy, and He loves me, and He's smiling at me. When my dad, my earthly father, would smile at me, I always, you know, the silver tooth. Man, I, I would try to make him, you know, because I just wanted to see the silver tooth. But he didn't smile at me very much. But my heavenly father smiles upon me. And I also want my people to know that I want to give him peace. But then, verse 27, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Stay with me. In the Middle Eastern culture to this day, by the way, the highest honor that you can pronounce upon anyone is to pronounce the name of God on them, to bless them. Growing up as a uh, a little boy, my mom in Arabic would would say, Ismallah alik. Now I would come to learn that Allah is not God the title, it's the name of the false God of Islam and the false prophet Muhammad. Uh, it's a false religion, it's a false God. Allah is not the title, but my mom innocently was pronouncing the name of God upon me, the name Ism Allah, God 
upon you. The highest blessing that you want to bless somebody, you pronounce the name of God upon them. So I changed it to Ism Yeshua or Yeshua for the Hebrew, Alek. The name of Jesus, the name above all names, the only name given among heaven, whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus, I, I pronounce the name of Jesus upon you. Ism Yeshua Alekum. That's how I want to bless my, my children. I want to pronounce my name on them. I want to put my name on them. You know how it is when husbands, you marry your wives, and what do you do? You put your name on them, for which my wife has still not never forgiven me. Farag? <laughs> really? You know what her maiden name was? Irish. Lynn. They dropped the O. O Lynn. Lynn. And here I come along and I put my name on her, Farag. <laughs> well, I keep telling her in heaven, we're told in the book of Revelation that we're going to be given a new name, so you don't have that much longer to wait. You're going to get a new name again, because the name of Jesus is going to be upon us. He's going to give us a new name as our bridegroom. I can't wait, because I want my name. I want a new name too. I've never liked my name, but that's another topic for another time. The name I want my name, my nature, my name of ownership on my children. And not only do I want my name on the children of Israel, so too do I want my name on Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel. Second Chronicles chapter 6, the first part of verse 6. But I have chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there. Second Chronicles 12, the second part of verse 13. He, speaking of Rehoboam, reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. Oh, by the way, parenthetically, let me say, Yaru Shalom, Yarusalem, Arabic, Yaru Shalom, they don't pronounce the J in Hebrew. Shalom, did you catch the shalom? Peace. Yaru, city of peace, ruled by peace. Are you kidding me? The one city in all of the world that is anything but is called Yaru Shalom. And the name of God is on that city. The Lord had chosen Jerusalem out of all the tribes of Israel. Why? To put His name there. Second Chronicles 33, second part of verse 7. In Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name, I like this, forever. Uh, the new Jerusalem, still going to have His name on it. 2 Kings 21, second part of verse 4, in Jerusalem will I put my name. Okay, so question, what is the name of God? Now you understand that God is just the title, but what's His name? We know that He is God, there is none like Him, who is like unto you, O God, Most High. But uh, 
what's your name? It's, it's kind of like Moses, uh, you know, who should I say is sending me? Well, just tell them I am. No, who though? No, I am. I am sent you. Wait, wait, I am? Yeah, I am, period. I am. The great I am. But here's what's really interesting. We actually have the name of God using what's known as the principle of first mention by going back to the book of Job, which is believed to be the oldest book in the Bible. For those of you that were with us when we studied verse by verse through the chapter, through uh, the book of Job, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and survived it, <laughs> and lived to tell about it. What a book, yeah? Uh, we talked about this, that uh, it's actually believed that Job lived in Petra in modern day Jordan. Extremely wealthy man. And it's actually believed that Job, Job lived during the patriarchal age, which would mean that he actually could have predated Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this is again the principle of first mentioned, the, the principle of when is the name of God first mentioned in the Bible. So that's why Job is the starting point. And that's why when you go to Job, you find the first use, the first mention of the name of God recorded by Job, which was, wait for it, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Adam Clark of this wrote, El Shaddai means I am, I am God, all sufficient, from Shaddai to shed, to pour out. I am that God who pours out blessings, who gives them richly, abundantly, continually. El Shaddai. Now, enter the Hebrew letter Sheen, pictured here. By the way, uh, when we, for those of you that go to Israel with us, you know in the hotels they, they have that little uh, thing on the doorposts, and the Jews will, you know, kiss it and touch it, and before they enter, that's the Sheen. Sometimes you'll see them on the Orthodox Jews' phylacteries, literally, on their foreheads. That was not literal. <laughs> the Word of God written on your foreheads and the tablets of your heart. And so they literally wear the Word of God, uh, the name of God. Uh, is that too much? I didn't need to probably, is that too much information? Okay. But that's the sheen. It's the letter sheen, the Hebrew letter sheen, which to the Jews to this day is the abbreviation for God's name, El Shaddai. The Sheen, the abbreviation for God's name, El Shaddai, the Sheen. Now what if I told you that the Sheen, the name of God, El Shaddai, is literally and exactly on Jerusalem as God said it would be, literally. Well, what would you say if I uh, told you that? Because I just told you that. Now I'm going to show you that. You ready? 
All right. Here are some images. I actually did this many years ago. So be nice to me, because I had to hand with my mouse, and that was older technology at the time. But I'm going to take the sheen and superimpose it on the outline of the biblical city walls of the old city of Jerusalem, starting with a picture of this wood carving with the sheen superimposed on the city of Jerusalem. Notice, by the way, a couple things. First, looks like our W, right? It's triune in nature, the name of God. Here's an aerial photo with the sheen superimposed. I probably should update these. Maybe I can do something better. Have, I know, have somebody else do it instead of me. <laughs> that can certainly do better than me. Here's another aerial photo, and I want to point out to you, again, the triune nature of the sheen, because the name is the nature. And the name of God is the nature of God. He's three persons. God is one in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Don't you find it interesting that the location of the Temple Mount is on the second part? What a coincidence. Not a coincidence. Jesus, God the Son, is the second person of the Trinity. That's why the Temple Mount, where Abraham would take Isaac, Yitzhak, to Mount Moriah, that's the exact spot as a foreshadow, a foretype of that day that would come when the Savior of the world would be born to die for the sins of mankind. He would be sacrificed on this very spot, this place, this city, that God put His name on, Israel, Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, not New York. Sorry, just want to make sure you're still with me on this. Okay, Pastor, why do you point this out? Because it should become so clear that a fool could not err thereof, that God owns the land. And God, as the owner, the rightful owner of the land, has put His name of ownership on the land. He can do with His land whatever He wants. What does He want to do with it? Oh, He wants to give it to His people, the Jewish people, not the Arab people. By the way, they got plenty land. Have you seen a map lately? You really got to zoom out, by the way. I'll save you the time. If you want, you can zoom out the Arab land. Hey, where's Israel? Well, you have to kind of zoom in on that. You have to magnify like 585% actually to actually see little itsy bitsy sliver, which by the way is a very small percentage of the actual promised land, because see, we have the title deed and the borders of the promised land provided for us in the real estate transaction recorded for us in the Old Testament. Did you know that? The promised land includes even 
my father's birthplace of parts of Egypt. Syria, my birthplace of Lebanon. And, and I mean, my, the, my memory, of course, is failing me. I forget the exact amount of square miles. But that was God's land that He gave to Israel. The most that the Israelites ever possessed of their land that God gave them was under the reign of King David. And if I'm not mistaken, it might have been something like, well, I'm not going to say it, because then I'll just get blasted by people on the emails and the uh, social media, you stupid idiot, and so on. I digress. I'm learning, you know, at least I, I'm teachable in that way, right? So I, I learned the hard way. I got the scars to prove it. Don't say, get, don't guess. Just leave it there. So I'm going to leave it there. God the Son is appropriately located in this second position where the temple was located. Right now it's the Dome of the Rock. Well, don't you find it interesting that the Muslims would build the Dome of the Rock on that spot? Come on. Satan knows the scriptures and the geography of the biblical land better than anyone ever could or will. He knows that's the spot. Now this is where it gets even more interesting in some ways. Not only is the name of God on the city of Jerusalem, it's also on the three valleys around Jerusalem. The three valleys are the Hinnom Valley, the Tiropoyan Valley, and the Kidron Valley. And there it is again. Pastor, why are you going into this? Because this explains, at least in part, in some measure, one of the reasons as to why it is that we have prophecies in the Bible concerning the dividing of Jerusalem, which belongs solely to God. This is why it is, by the way, that as your pastor, if I am your pastor, which is my profound privilege to be, I will never stop saying, even if you tire of me saying, that everything that has happened up to this point has had as its sole goal the separating, the dividing, the cutting up, the moving of the borders of Jerusalem. It divides Jerusalem. No, come on. It, it, it gives the Jews Israel as their capital. Yeah, but that's what Trump says to all the boys, as they say. Because he told the so-called Palestinians the same thing. Jerusalem can be your capital. No, 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 no. No, it's, it's not theirs. You're trying, to, you're trying to divide it up into what you call the two-state solution, with Jews and Palestinians living side by side in peace and security. Again, emphasis added. You might want to ask Zachariah about that. Well, actually, you should ask God about it, because uh, God spoke through Zechariah about it, in what is one of the, I mean, I don't know what word to use, 
so I just won't use one. How about I just read the prophecy? Zechariah 12, verses 1 through 3. The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Thus says the Lord who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness. It will become the intoxicating obsession of the entire world. They are going to get drunk over Jerusalem. They're going to drink from this cup of drunkenness and become intoxicated with this one city, the one city that I put my name on. They're going to become intoxicated over it. To all the surrounding peoples, when? When they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And verse 3, listen very carefully, it shall happen in that day. In that day is today. That day is today. Why do you make such a bold claim? Because of what Zechariah records next. In that day I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples, a burdensome stone, a burdensome, very, very heavy boundary stone. This is before Google Earth. I'll come up with a better one next time maybe. So how would you know the boundaries? They would, boundary, they would, they would mark the boundaries with stones. That's the property line. That's the boundary line with stones. So wait, you want to move the boundaries, the boundary stones of Jerusalem, my city, by the way, that I put my name of ownership on, by the way, that I have the title deed to, by the way, that I gave to my people, by the way, and you want to split it up? Uh, You might want to rethink that. Because Zechariah goes on to say, all who would heave it away, give it away, divide it away, cut it away, will surely be cut in pieces. You'll forgive my sanctified, uh, the word escapes me, so I won't use it. Probably shouldn't anyway. That's probably the Holy Spirit. Don't go, don't use that word. But in a sanctified way, I just want to say that it's as if God would say, you're going to cut up my city? I'm going to cut you up. How about that? Again, it was sanctified, right? I know it's a very loose, just let me have this one, okay? Let me have this one. Because that's exactly what Zechariah is saying. God, through the prophet Zechariah, is saying, you want to you dare to move the borders and divide up my land and cut up my land. I'm going to cut you up. I better stop with uh, that last one because I can get, uh, can I just watch? (laughs) Is that bad? We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn 
about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth. 